You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. All right, cool. Let's give Sydney a hand so people get, she gets all the attention, so people come sit. Ah, thank come you. Come and sit down. Yeah. What? All right, so Sydney Sloan, CMO of Sales Loft, and we actually had Kyle Porter, co-founder and CEO, I think four years ago. Wow. We were talking yesterday, and yeah, small world, because his best friend is like good friends with me. So um, yeah, I'd love to learn a little more about your story, and let's talk about how Sales Loft is doing today, because it's a lot different than it was three, four years ago. It is very different. I mean, I think we don't call ourselves a startup anymore. Yeah. Um, so SalesLoft is uh, part of the sales engagement movement. We provide software for salespeople to manage how they communicate with their customers and plan their day and move their deals along uh, and basically drive more revenue mm -hmm. for the company. And it's really nice to be in that category because we can tie a direct correlation between the success on our platform to revenue for our customer. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect category right. to be in. And so I've been there a year and a half, mm -hmm. and in the last, I mean, we've just been on a hyper growth scale, like nobody's business, like yeah. one to eight to 16 to 36 to over, you know, and we're, over we're now, continuing right? on our path, yeah. you know, to grow at scale at an incredible pace. Mm -hmm. And so it's exciting and fun and scary all at the same time. Great, yeah. and so like right now, can you talk a little more about what the tool does? Because I'm not sure everyone's aware. Uh, we talk about sales engagement, so what does that entail exactly? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we serve different personas now. This is one of the things that's changed. And originally we were serving sales development and business development reps on mm -hmm. how to help them do outbound prospecting, as well as managing the inbound lead funnel. And so now you know it takes like 15 and a half touches, mm -hmm. on average, to get a prospect to respond to you. Because people are so ADD now. So, yeah. uh, and just so much noise out there, yeah. frankly, right? Like they've just been spammed to death. Mm -hmm. And so imagine not having a tool and trying to coordinate 15 orchestrated touches across multiple platforms, because mm -hmm. we get to see all this transaction data. So we know that it needs to have a combination of email and phone and social touches mm -hmm. and direct mail in order to be able to draw in a prospect. And so that's what the platform was originally designed for, was being able to orchestrate all of those, what we call cadences, mm -hmm. in, in order for basically salespeople to do this at scale. Right. And so it helps organize their day, it helps them guide them through the workflows that have been designed for their particular prospect and the use case the business problem that they're solving. We've now evolved to be able to also serve the sales teams and the account executives. So once the opportunity is developed, now how do you manage the deal? Right. Same challenge, right? You still have to organize your day, book meetings, host meetings, take notes, schedule mm -hmm. follow-ups, manage your opportunities. Yeah. All of that is now part of the platform. So it's like full it, funnel sales management. So from prospecting through the buying process, and then even after, once the customer mm -hmm. becomes the customer, we have customer success teams ah. that use us for the onboarding process, mm -hmm. for managing renewals, for escalations. So really any customer facing employee, the way that they serve their customers can be managed in our platform. And the beauty is, is it gives that customer a consistent experience. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a great you know, experience yeah, no with one. Tools. Yeah, and yeah. all that data and that experience that you're serving the customers continues on for those companies that are using SalesLoft, kind of what we call full cycle, wall Love to wall. Yeah. Okay, and so how do you guys make money? How do you guys charge? We're a SaaS-based platform mm -hmm. per user fees. Now we're getting into multiple product offerings, so mm -hmm. we're right in the middle of looking at what's the right monetization strategy in terms of value delivered. Mm -hmm. Is it equal for each persona? 
in each use case or do we need to explore different pricing structures for customer success teams versus SDR teams? So it's, it's actually a, a big project that my team is undertaking right now to mm -hmm. get us to be a multi-product offering. Right. You know, we've taken one platform, expanded it to more use cases, and now we're going multi-product. Got it. And so, what kind of numbers can you share around the business today? How's it doing, et cetera? We just took our D round earlier this year, so we're <laughs> up to 150, I gonna, like, should know this off the top of my head, around 115 in finance raised. Uh -huh. We're growing very quickly. We're well over the 50 million mark, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, on our path to 100. We've about 450 employees and uh, are headquartered in Atlanta. The majority of our people are there, but now we have regional offices in San Francisco, New York, and yeah. we just opened our London office nice. four months ago. So nice. 10 people in London. Yeah. Awesome, congrats on that. Thank you. And how does it work for you? Because HQ is in Atlanta, right? And you're in SF, so you being an executive remote, how does that work exactly? Just yeah. so people know that it does work. It does work, and I was just listening to your previous podcast on mm -hmm. remote workers. I definitely am one, but I'm also a little bit of a road warrior. Yeah. So I think, what I've learned, and it's interesting because the majority of our customers are actually in the Bay Area, and so to have a presence there to understand what's going on I think is really important. To have mm -hmm. your teams where your customers are, like at what point does it make sense to drop in a new team and developing a market or where you have enough customers that it makes sense to put a team that the customers can be served locally in an right. efficient way. But in terms of working remote as an executive, I have to work a little bit harder on building relationships. I'm not there every other week, mm -hmm. so I have a consistent schedule, try to be there for about three or four days, and to sit with my team so I get time with the marketing team, but also my other team, which is my peers, and spending time with them. And after the first six months, it was interesting, Salesoft is great in development, and so they do a 360 after you're in for six months, and what I learned was I'd done a great job connecting with my two co-founders and some key members on the team, but I had not connected with everybody. So the data showed us that, you know, when I had spent the time and effort, what the perception of my capabilities and yeah. value were and what that gap was. So I had to make a conscious effort to go out for coffee with yeah. folks, to set aside time to build those relationships yeah. because when you're remote, you get on a call and you jump off a call and you're missing that Connection. Time, what we were calling in the margins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I have to put in the extra time and effort to build relationships. Got it. And what tool did you guys use for the 360? Just, I'm a tools guy, so. Oh gosh, I can't remember what tool it was. I'm sorry. We use a common kind of 360 tool, and we have a full time dedicated yeah. coach for our leadership team, mm -hmm. so they do this consistently for our executive leadership team yeah. as well as key folks in the company. Yeah. But I can't, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. I want to come back to the coaching thing in a moment. Yeah. What's working for you guys really well in terms of growth today? There's two facets. One is, I mentioned we can deliver high value. So really focusing on the implementation phase and getting our customers set up for success mm -hmm. and then understanding kind of how that continues to evolve. And so we use a lot of our data scientists team's effort on understanding what best practice looks like so we can adopt best practice and then show our customers where they are in terms of benchmarking yep. so they know where they're doing things well or we can continue to guide them on where to go better. So I think right. making that investment post-sale on customer health and customer success has been a super important part of yep. it, as well as launching our a learning platform and running a series of workshops where you know, it's not a one and done. Our platform is as good as how it's managed and right. the content that you put on it. So we need to help our customers continue to evolve. Mm -hmm. And it, the second part is it's interesting because sales is a highly transactional, you know, there's lots of turnover in the sales teams, be mm -hmm. it your SDRs getting promoted in sales roles or 
you know, average tenure is yeah. under two years. And so you have to think about strategies for constantly training new people onto the platform in the right way. Mm -hmm. The worst case is that they turn to their colleague and go, how do you use it? And so yeah. you pick up all their bad habits. Uh, so we yeah. really have to think of like, an ongoing training is new people, you onboard a customer, but they're, you're constantly onboarding new users all the time, so mm -hmm. your product has to be easy to use, number one, yeah. but then you also have to be thoughtful about how you're continuing to yeah. teach customers how to use the product in the best possible way. Got it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I was at a SaaS mastermind with a bunch of people, and then I was just, you know, we're talking about one of the struggles that we're facing right now, and they're like, you know, Eric, it's more about product activation and education than it is about building more features. Because what happens for a lot of SaaS founders is they start building too many features, and what happens is they run out of money and then they go kaput, right? So I think, beautiful. I think it doesn't sound like it's something new. And to be honest, like when I ask this question now, what's working well in terms of growth, everyone's kind of doing the same thing, but not enough people are investing in the stuff that retains and activates people, which is what you're talking about. If you're SaaS and you're not yeah. doing that, when I actually got in, I intentionally got into SaaS in 2011. Uh -huh. When I left Adobe, I was there for 15 years and I wanted to go work for a SaaS-based company. At Adobe, we're marketing this concept of customer experience, mm -hmm. and I wanted to become a practitioner of that. I was really passionate about it, and so I was looking for companies. And so my first role at Jive was around customer experience, and it's not a reference program, it's actually activation, adoption, and growth. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal when you need to sustain your revenue. You don't want to lose your customers, so yep. your people are looking at churn, but if you can actually not only look at what's the utilization of the software license we've already sold, right. but how do I drive growth and adoption? Yep. That's the second strategic lever of a yep. company, and if you're not thinking of both equally, you're mm -hmm. missing out. Totally. Um, especially for us now going into multi-products, where we can start with any of the three teams I talked about, and then expand on the buying process. If we start with sales, we can go to the sales development or customer success. If we start with customer success, we can go follow that process, so we have to make sure the customers are happy and successful right. to be able to ask for the right to be introduced to those yep. other teams. 100,000%, and you have two marketers talking about customer success and onboarding. <laughs> so, yesterday at dinner, there was a guy, Sarvana, that asked, you know, he wants to hire a CMO, and you and I were both kind of like, well, why do you need a CMO, right? So, when is it the right time to hire someone that's super experienced, smart, knows how to manage big teams like yourself, to bring in the big guns? When's the right time for that? So I was the first CMO hire at Salesloft. Yeah. And I never thought, I was like, oh wow, okay, hi. Yeah. And we had, you know, I think when you're looking to, to take that next step in scaling, I started right when we did our Series C. And how many employees were you guys? Um, gosh, a year and a half ago, probably just around 200, maybe okay. 180. Yeah. And the companies I was interviewing with, I think I got lucky actually, mm -hmm. when I got my first CMO role, we were already a $100 million global company. Yeah. So I, I got a pretty big, first company, but what I expected, and I think as first time CMOs should expect, it's kind of like, you are series B, mm -hmm. C, what percentage of scaling you're at, what you need from the CMO too, mm -hmm. I think we were talking about that last night as yeah. well, it's like, are you looking for a demand-centered yep. one, are you looking for brand, and if you're just looking for one, and this is the feedback we gave to the gentleman last night, mm -hmm. was, he's like, I just need demand, and we're like, well then you don't need a CMO, you mm -hmm. need a director of demand. Yep. When all of a sudden you're saying, well, I need to refresh my brand, I need a change in strategy, mm -hmm. I need demand, you know, and the long list of things that CMOs are responsible for, yep. that's probably a good indication. If you need someone that can lead across multiple functions yep. of marketing and it's not just one lever you're looking for, that would be a good indication, so. I think so too. I think the vast majority of people that listen to this podcast or afterwards I ask, right, what do they need help with? 
it's usually a demand gen person. It's usually a growth marketer. It's not a CMO. Because what happens is if they bring in you and they're like maybe 20 people or so, you can't do everything that you need to do, right? Right. So it becomes tough. And, and I would say too, like understand the kinds of CMOs. People will say, are you brand or demand? Yeah. I'm actually, I would categorize myself as a go-to-market CMO. I have yeah. 15 years in product marketing. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I understand the most. I've learned demand gen. Thankfully, like it's, all you needed to know was the last five years. Yeah. I'm still learning things. I learned a lot about content marketing from you last night. And you know, that continues to evolve. I'm an experienced marketer, so I understand brand. So it depends on what you need and mm -hmm. kind of categorizing. You know, I would say that definitely was one of the catalysts on identifying from the founder-led vision of how we grew to more strategic cross-functional mm -hmm. vision of where we need to go in the next three years. What are the growth drivers behind that? How do yep. we model that out? How do you incorporate more people in the organization around your growth drivers? That's what I've done the last three companies I've been Got it. And a good CMO needs to be good at recruiting too, right? And Kyle comes from a recruiting background, so how do people recruit amazing marketers? Um, it's gosh, so broad. That's a good, yeah, that's a broad question. Yeah. I would say, you know, and we did a session yesterday on recruiting salespeople and with Ollie Sharp, who also came from recruiting and mm -hmm. then was at LinkedIn. And I think the thing is, it's a network. As much as the recruiters are out there and are great for kind of helping and velocity hires, for strategic hires, I really do think it's looking at your network. What I do and what I advise people to do when they're making their own strategic hires, because mm -hmm. guess what? Your hire's a reflection of you. Yeah. If you hire bad, that reflects poorly on you. If you hire great, mm -hmm. that reflects positively. And so really understanding what the role is that you need to hire and then going out and talking to, I recommend this, go on LinkedIn, find the top 10 people in that role mm -hmm. and talk to them. Yep. Find out what it is they do on a daily basis, what makes them successful, what's holding them back. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you're recruiting while you're doing this yep. and you're learning. And if yep. they're not ready to leave their job, they might know 10 people who are. I've found the best people that I've ever hired through my own network. And I'll do that yep. shameless LinkedIn thing. I actually mm -hmm. did this yesterday on a yeah. Dave Gerhardt post where he yeah. was talking about copywriters, and I'm yeah. like, shameless plug, I'm looking for a copywriter. Yeah. And I got like 15 direct mails last from night. That. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. oh, it's Dave, he's got a great following. So I just yeah. went out there and I'm like, oh, I think I might be breaking a LinkedIn role, but I'm yeah. going to do it. Like, I'm, I'm looking that for works. somebody. Go hijack. That's yeah. perfect. And the response rate, we we're talking about this last night, it, people are willing to share. I think our response rate, when we look for customer development on ClickFlow, 25 to 30 percent. People want to share 15 to 20 minutes. So you can not only use it for recruiting, recruiting is basically sales, you can use it for customer development or sales too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cool, so two more questions from my side. We did talk about tools yesterday. So what is your favorite tool that's affected you in the last year? It could be personal or business. Okay, well I actually do use Salesloft now, so I do yeah. have to give a, a quick shout out to that yeah. for, um, I love when I can see that people have opened the email. That mm -hmm. just to me is like, ha ha, and then yeah. I text them right away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally like, yeah. stalker, is that you automated? opened it. It is, it is. Okay. So when you send a mail from within Salesloft, when yeah. the person opens it, yeah. you get a notification. And I'm not kidding, like, yeah. Sahil Mansuri knows this. Like, I saw him open the email and he yeah. didn't respond and I was like texting, I'm like, dude, you opened my email and yeah. he didn't respond. So I use it for totally different purposes, but it's awesome. Okay. But the tool that keeps me sane is actually a technology. I have two kids, they play sports, and it's mm -hmm. called Team Snap. Yeah. And so I think, you know, for someone like myself that has an extremely busy life, I'm dual parent uh, with their dad who's great. So we're managing two separate busy traveler schedules, two very busy kids. And so knowing 
kind of what my kids are up to, all of their sports, practice times, how it feeds it into my other calendar, does scoring. I can communicate with all the other parents effectively. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have TeamSnap, honestly, because uh-huh. it's like 30 meetings, if you think about it in the terms of meetings, yeah. it's 30 meetings a week between all the practices they have and all the games they have. Like, I, are, I don't know so are they like little that. mini like stories or like how does it work? They can, you can do live streaming off uh-huh. the app. You can do um, texting to other players. It does uh, the scores. So I see when a game is done, yeah. like how they did. Yeah. And so it just aggregates all of the kids' sports uh-huh. activities into one application. It was kind of like yeah. Shutterstock was for parents when your kids were little and every uh-huh. classroom used the same format. That's how I think about Team Snap. Like Got it. every single sporting team, whether it's school or private, use the application. So they're all aggregated into one place. And it's free? And it's free for the parents. Okay. I think the team organizers have to pay for it. Okay, yeah. awesome. And, and then, they do have ads too. You can pay for ad-free oh, version if you want. Okay, so I like that. It's probably ad monetization. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Team Snap. And favorite business book or must-read business book? I am a long-term fan and a multi-time reader of How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's kind of that annual read. And mm-hmm. um, it's funny, I was doing a mentor program and that's the book we read together. Mm-hmm. I think it's applicable at any age. and. You know, just understanding people and how to communicate with them and build relationships is going to give, it's a great reminder and give you an advantage of just building relationships, which is going to be useful no matter what you do. Great book, killer book. What is the best way for people oh, to find Oh, by the way, you, you know yes. what? It's funny. I opened it up the other day. It sits on my, next to my bed, and it's a hardcover. Mm-hmm. And I opened it up the other day, and I realized I bought it used. Yeah. And it was a gift given by a colonel to congratulate another person. So I looked up their names yeah. and I understood who they were. And this guy is now like head at the CIA. It was totally interesting. Wow. So the book I bought was used and it had an inscription in it. Did you reach out to that person? I didn't, I should, I yeah. should. Cause he's obviously- That's a good LinkedIn reach out yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Awesome, well Sydney, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? At Sid Sloan on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm more likely to be on LinkedIn 90% of my time. All right. um, that's the easiest way. Awesome, everyone give Sydney a hand. Thank you. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.